Will you join me in our prayer for illumination? Lord, open our hearts and minds by the power of your Holy Spirit, that as the scriptures are read and your word is proclaimed, we may hear with joy what you say to us today. Amen. Our scripture reading today, scripture reader today is Austin, and he's going to need a microphone. And I did not spare Austin. He has a long read uh, coming up from the third chapter of James, verses 1 through 12. Je no, not many of you should become teachers, my, my fellow believers, because you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly. We all stumble in many ways. Anyone who has never had fault in what they need is perfect, able to keep their whole body in check. When, when we put bits into the mouths of horses, we make them obey us. We can turn the whole animal. Or take ships for, as an example. Although they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder. Wherever the pirate pilot wants to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but makes great boasts. Consider what, it, what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue is also a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body, setting the whole course of one's life on fire. It itself is set on fire by hell. All kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and sea creatures are being tamed and have been tamed by mankind. But no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. With the tongue we praise our Lord and our Father. And with, the, with it we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers and sisters, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. This is the word of the Lord. Watch what you say in the sermon. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> not many of you should become teachers. I just left it there and some of you were like, I knew it. Uh, but <laughs> uh, Do words matter? That's the crux of what this is about. Now, James is talking to a very small community. I think certainly smaller than our church, maybe the size of the people gathered here, maybe even smaller than that. These early Christian communities were very small, and, and they were very highly related, and, and so you can, you can see how small groups and, and, and how divisive small groups can get if you think of circles of friends and gossip and all of those kinds of things, so we can understand you know, the importance here. But James is not just saying words matter in a small way. 
He spends this entire chapter essentially talking about it. And he begins by saying it matters if you're a teacher. And if you're a teacher, then, then you're going to be judged more harshly. And of course, we think of teachers as an official position. And to some degree, that's also there in the church. But it's also anyone who's going to tell other people what they should think. Now, when you do that, you are judged more harshly. Because when you do that, you're influencing others. And, and this is the same writer who last week we read the, the preceding verses and, and we talked about how he sees this world and, and how he understands this, this kind of quest for the, the community of love that God has, has given, this quest where we need to be merciful and forgiving and all of these things. And so if that's what we are to be, he's saying our actual words matter. We have, perhaps, some ambivalence towards that. On the one hand, we know words matter. You can probably think of examples in your life where something was said by a friend or a, a loved one or a spouse or a boss or, or anybody, really. That once it was said, it, it couldn't be unsaid. You know what I'm talking about? That kind of thing that, that once it's said, even if they try to walk it back, you go, well, you said it. You said that's what you thought of me or whatever. And it's hard. It changes the trajectory of things. It changes how you perceive that person. It changes your relationship. It might lead to a breakup or Worse. On the other hand, you might think of how words have changed the trajectory in positive ways. You might think of a time that, that someone said, I love you, or someone said, I forgive you, or someone said, I'm sorry, or someone supported you, and that helped you. And, and there can be ways in which words of comfort and affirmation might have moved you off in another positive direction. But, but we know words matter. And when they're said, they have a certain power to them. But even if we know words matter, and even if we would agree with James that it's like a rudder of a ship, a small thing that can create a big change, there's a part of us that resists that a little bit. There's a part of us who... Who wants to just say, you know, I'm just talking. I'm just saying things. You know, sometimes I will talk as I think. That will drive my wife crazy. Because she's like, I'll be like, well, what if we did this? What if we did that? And, and she'll go like, just tell me what you think. Not kind of a process of getting to it, right? Because once we say things, it kind of has a finality to it. But we resist that, and, and we don't necessarily want that. We, we say things like, we make a statement that someone gets angry at or find it controversial, and we'll say, well, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I don't just kind of, I'm, I don't want to, I don't want to, just going to leave that there. I'm just saying. As if I'm just saying it doesn't matter. As if our words don't matter. If we hurt someone, we say, well, you know, they'll get over it. It's just words. 
toughens them up. So there's a part of us that doesn't almost want words to matter at that level. But they do. And they can impact us, particularly with people that we have close relationships with. And, and, and this, is, this is a hard situation because we are awash in words and speech in a way that nobody else has ever been. I want you to think back to your grandparents, whenever they may have been alive, and, and think about just what impact their words would have had, and words would have had on them. Perhaps your grandparents would have been alive in a time where most of the media, or most of the things they knew about the world came from just a few newspapers, or a couple of books, or three stations, or four stations on the TV the radio. The sources of information they may have had may have been something you could count on your hands. And so, what opinions got to them was rather small. What words they heard was rather small. Contrast that with how you live today. And how much words in some ways, spoken and unspoken, but just attempts to influence you, there are. Like many of you, I remember taking a consumer behavior class in college and having that aha moment about how smart the people trying to sell you things really are and how they know that if they can get a phrase or a picture or just a feeling of yours associated with their product, that it can influence your behavior and you can become a lifelong customer, you know, if they get you early enough or whatever it is. And of course, we are connected in ways where we see the opinions and the speech and the words of so many people compared to those generations ago, where it's not a matter of 10 sources, but a 1,000 sources, 10,000 sources of things that you read, you hear, listen on podcasts, listen on the radio, watch on TV, see on countless different websites, on social media, all of these things. You are inundated with opinions and speech of other people. And you can influence more people. Whereas your grandparents may have been able to, to influence the opinion of a few people around them, perhaps a few people in their church or whatever organizations they were in, you have the potential to at least reach, in some cases in this room, thousands of people through different things like social media and others. Your opinion, you can put it on a website, you can send it out there and a lot of people can listen. And what James is saying is that when we speak, and we kind of claim that authority, he says, well, we're judged more harshly, but that it's also important. So how we speak matters. Our potential to influence people is much greater than it has ever been before, and that matters. I was reading a, uh, a paper from Statistica, and it was talking about misinformation and, 
And it's something that I've been interested in just kind of as, as, a, as a person. And I, and I think it's interesting how that works. And, and they said something like 10% of, the, of Americans spread information they know is wrong. Just think about that for a second. 10% of people forward things on, you know, forward things or share things on Facebook that they know probably aren't right, but fit whatever their viewpoint is. How many more people maybe would say, I don't know they're right, but they're not really going to investigate what is really being said here, but stamp their stamp on it anyway. We've all had in our lives, for example, times where, where you have lended weight to an idea, maybe unintentionally. Has it ever happened to you, for example, that someone comes up to you and says, well, this is true, and you say, well, where did you hear that? And they said, well, so-and-so told me you said that. And you say, well, that's not actually what I meant. But be everyone believed it because you believed it, and your reputation was sort of what moved that idea further? When we speak, we're lending our reputation, we're kind of lending ourselves, our, our stamp of approval to these things, and so we need to, to be careful, James is saying, about what we are saying and what the purpose for why we are talking, or what the purpose for why we are talking is. What is it that we are trying to do? Because what James is really clear is that what we say really does matter. In the same way that he had just said, our actions matter. That faith isn't just about what we say, that it's about our actions. He's now saying, faith is also about what we say. Because that's an action. That speaks something into existence. That changes things when we say things. And, and so if we say things, then, and what we speak, if that matters, then, then we as Christians have to ask ourselves that, that what we are doing, is this serving the purposes of Christ, or is it not? He gives some great metaphors towards the end of that passage, where he talks about, look, you can't kind of have it both ways. You can't be blessing or can't be praising God and then cursing people who are made in God's image. You know, this is, we're part, this is all related. This is all together. And he says, you know, you can't have a, a tree, a fig tree that bears, you know, a grape. You can't have a, a, a spring, that, a salty spring that produces fresh water. All of these things, you can't have both of those together. That, that when we speak, and we speak in a way that is against the purposes of God. And what I mean by that is not just when we talk about Jesus, but when we speak in a way that is not out of love, which is not out of mercy, which is not out of forgiveness. When we speak in that way, in some ways it pulls us from God. That time that we spend, it's not neutral time. It, it could, it can pull us from God. And so what James is suggesting is that it is important to think about what we say. Is what we say leading others 
to love, to mercy? Are, are, we, are we praising that? Are we holding that up to be what we are about and what we believe is true in the world? Or, or, or is what we say out of anger and trying to make us feel better and look better and all of the things that we've been talking about? It matters which one of those ways we go. For some of you, this is an easy message. You watch what you say all the time. And so maybe you'll have to ask yourself, well, what am I saying in my heart? For some of you, it's really difficult because you speak quickly. And perhaps before you always think things through. I can be one of those people. And so for you, the stepping back may be part of what that is. And so some of you may have very considered thoughts, but, but you don't speak. And so maybe for this, it would be stepping up and, and speaking for love in places where silence has been the way you have spoken in the past. It's all about, do we step up, do we step back? but searching always for the purposes of love. Friends, we are awash in controversy, in anger, in so many things. And it will be up to those who wish to follow Christ to continually and loudly speak for love, for mercy, for forgiveness. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.